0: A Divine Comedy, a good omen's multi voice written by Waywater and read by Sky Asimaru and Sharp. Chapter 3 Make 'em Laugh, Make 'em Laugh. Summary It's Crowley's first intro to stand up class. What could go wrong, right? Well, somebody sure thought they were hilarious. Crowley continued to gape at the angel, sitting there, as though there was nothing at all out of the ordinary about him signing up for Crowley's intro to stand-up class. Especially not the night after Crowley had practically jumped down the strange, beautiful man's throat, just for trying to be decent to him. You... Crowley croaked, mouth suddenly impossibly dry.
1: Want to learn the basics of stand-up comedy?
0: The angel went a little pink around the ears, and Crowley couldn't blame him. Everyone in the class was staring at him.
1: I paid my tuition fee, just like everyone else.
0: The angel responded, rather formally as though anything about this made any sort of sense. Crowley just stared. Crowley! Anathema finally called to him, not unkindly.
1: It's time to get started, right?
0: Right. Crowley managed. All of his original nerves and doubts about being able to get through this class now returning to him. He didn't feel qualified to teach anyone, let alone the most beautiful, bizarre man he had ever seen in his entire life. Gorgeous people have no business in comedy.
1: Uh, Yeah, okay. Everyone up on stage.
0: His five pupils. Fuck. Hester, Ligger, Anathema, Nate... And the angel made their way onto the club's small stage. Fuck, was it too crowded with them all up there now? Maybe he should have had them stay in the audience for this part. Fuck, had he been supported to get here earlier and turn the stage lights on? It was awfully dark up here. Fuck, Crowley watched them circle up on the small stage. Anathema stood there, eyes alert and ready, shoulders back, nearly defiant in her determination. Nate knocked into the mic stand as he trapsed up onto the stage and brought his notebook up with him, his thumb rubbing nervously against the spine of the thing. Esther and Lega well, they slouched. They glowered. They did what they did. Crowley didn't know that he necessarily had goals for this disaster masquerading a class, but wouldn't it be something to get Hester and Ligger to mellow out? And the fucking angel seemed to glow, even huddled on that tiny stage in the darkness. It was infuriating. It was incredible. Anathema cleared her throat, gently. Crowley avoided her eyes and drew in what he hoped was an imperceptible little breath. It had been a long time since anyone had exhibited something like faith in Anthony J. Crowley.
1: Uh, Hi, guys.
0: You've said that already. Scout Ligger. Teach something.
1: Yeah, building up to that,
0: aren't I? Crowley countered without bothering to look at Legger. Crowley, as usual, was endlessly grateful for his dark glasses. He couldn't take his eyes off of the angel, trying to memorize everything about him, trying to get to the bottom of him. What
1: are you doing here? Perhaps we might begin with our
0: names, the angel suggested. Anathema and Nate both nodded kindly, while Hester and Ligger scoffed and rolled their eyes. Crowley held up a hand to shush them. You're right. Great. Crowley couldn't believe he'd ever spoken in front of other humans before, let alone for money. He felt like a bloody fish out of water, gasping and desperate and terribly thirsty. Was he allowed to drink during class? Beast would never have to know. Eh, Esther and Leger would rat him out at the first possible opportunity. So, better not. Well, then, the angel smiled. I am a syrophil and it is a pleasure to make the acquaintance of each and every one of you. He nodded his head a little when he finished. Crowley wondered if he was fighting the urge to dip into a full bow. The
1: rest of us already know each other,
0: Hester complained.
1: Yeah, but Aziraphale doesn't.
0: Anathema snapped back at him. She turned to Crowley, let the name thrill through his veins and settle over his bones, Aziraphale. Hi again, Aziraphale. I'm Anathema. She extended a hand to him, and Aziraphil took it, looking delighted. Crowley swallowed. Aziraphale was even shinier when he was delighted. All right. Asta. Liger. Charmed, Aziraphale offered. Five are generous of goodwill, it seemed. Hester and Liger both made low noises in the backs of their throats, and Crowley wondered if he had the authority to kick students out of class. Probably didn't get paid for them if he did. Um, hello. Nate began, last and maybe least holding up a nervous hand. Uh, my name is Newt, and... Newt! Sorry? Newt asked, eyes wide in alarm.
1: I thought your name was Knight. I was awfully close.
0: The confession didn't get the laugh for which he'd hoped. No, they all just stared at him. Crowley Fed actual sweat trickled down the back of his neck. Why the hell would he have ever agreed to this? Crowley? And it was Anathema again. Anathema who was staring at him with kind, concerned eyes. And the best bits of Crowley, buried way, way down deep under the surface, refused to let him disappoint her. Sought the rest of them...
1: Uh... Stand up comedy. Well, it's a bit funny at all that we're in a class for it, isn't it?
0: Hester and Ligger remained unmoved. Anathema nodded a little in encouragement. Newt was already writing everything down, the poor bastard. The angel Azerafil. Azerafil just watched him politely. That's what he thought he was meant to do anywhere, Crowley observed. Yes, he regarded Crowley now with the same attention that he probably gave the opera. Crowley hated it. Once again, he was possessed with a desire to startle the angel into leaving, into going back to his fancy little box with his fancy little theater binoculars, or whatever the fuck you call them. Don't let this
1: drag you down, any of you. Fuck. Uh, What's funny to me isn't going to be what's funny to you.
0: Crowley continued, desperate to remember anything any good comedian had ever told him over the years.
1: So it's all about looking inside, you know?
0: They just stared at him. Because they didn't know. That's why they were in class. Fuck. What else was he supposed to say? You're either
1: funny or you're not. Thank you for your money. Class dismissed. The, uh, art of stand-up comedy. Art? Fuck off. Well, got really popular in the fifties and
0: sixties, didn't it? Most of the circle nodded their vague assent to that thrilling fact. Aziraphale, however, raised his fucking hand. What is it, Aziraphale? Crowley gestured for him to lower his hand. "'I only wanted to note that the origins of oral comedy "'actually span as far back as ancient times.'" Aziraphale offered, his eyes fucking twinkling with excitement. "'In fact, one of the muses was Thalia, "'the goddess who presided over comedy and idyllic poetry.'" "'And then he looked expectantly around the circle.'" as though he were waiting for everyone else to break into enthusiastic agreement and a deep, cozy conversation about all the damn muses. Crowley's heart broke a little for Zerophil, as he watched him realize that no one else was especially excited about Thalia or idyllic poetry. Right then, enough for history. Coffee girl! Crowley finally barked at Anathema. He knew she could handle being first, not that he cared.
1: What's the thing that bothers you? The system. Did you know that nuclear power plants... That's not funny. Ugh, that's just boring and preachy. No one wants to hear about that. Interesting. Because I seem to recall hearing actual laughter over my boring preachiness last night. Whereas you're tired, bullshit. Ah, break it up! Break it up!
0: Crowley clapped his hands together, secretly glowing with pride for anathema.
1: And Hester, shut up! First of all, she's right. Second of all, we're not trying to be funny. Yet. Well, uh, it's an exercise,
0: so what bothers you? He regretted asking before the question had fully left his mouth. Because Esther had settled that intense stare back on Aziraphale, who continued to stand there polite as anything. Fussy gits. Hmm. Ligger growled his agreement. Crowley wanted to strangle them both. It wouldn't be hard to do what with them being mashed up like sardines at that tiny stage.
1: Oh, why sign up for this class if you hate me so much? Nate, what bothers you? It's Newt. Right, Perfect.
0: There it was, a hook for Crowley to use. A good example that wasn't going to start a damn fight.
1: And what bothers you about me getting it wrong?
0: Newt looked immediately panicked.
1: Uh, uh, But I didn't say that's what bothered me. Ah, but come on, I must be driving you insane. I mean, I've met you before dozens of times. It doesn't bother you that I keep fucking up your name?
0: It's, uh, it's not the first time. Newt admitted, looking down at the floor. Right. Crowley answered, fighting the urge to slam his head into the nearest wall. Bees was going to kill him and he was probably going to deserve it. Nazarethel! Crowley finally turned his attention back to the angel. Your turn. And Crowley expected the angel to take his time and answer very carefully and deliberately, so was rather taken aback when the angel immediately blurted out,
1: People who bend the spines of rare books! No! People who bend the spines of any books!
0: Aziraphale looked around the circle with that same eagerness he'd shown for the muses, as though he was searching for any validation that this was indeed a grievance worth his angelic annoyance. He was met with mostly blank stares, some more generous than others. Crowley couldn't even remember the point of this fucking exercise in the first place. His confidence had twindled with each student's answer. This was entirely ridiculous. This couldn't possibly be worth whatever bees was paying him. Crowley chanced a glance at his watch. Fuck. They'd been going at it for barely an hour. The what bothers you thing had been his only real plan, but with only the five of them, it hadn't taken nearly as long as he'd anticipated. Fuck,
1: homework, class isn't over yet, and you were late. Well, failed work then. I don't care.
0: Crowley snapped back losing any kind teacherly persona that he tried to fake at the beginning of class.
1: With this last hour, go out and do some observing. Notice things that make you laugh, notice things that make you angry, notice everything. Be prepared to report back in class uh, next week, yeah?
0: Newt was the first one to return to his belongings out in the house evidently eager to be sent off on any sort of mission. Hester and Ligger continued to grumble, but they eventually made their way out the doors. Anathema, Crawley would remember the look in her eyes for a long time. He wanted to stop her before she left, wanted to explain himself to her, wanted to assure her he'd do better next time. He was just off his game after last night, he just... Fuck.
1: You won't do better next time. And she isn't your friend. Who the fuck cares?
0: As he made up his mind that surely teachers were allowed to pour themselves a post-class drink from the blessedly unsupervised bar... He felt a soft tap at his shoulder. He whirled around to find... Hello? Fuck! Aziraphale. The angel gestured to himself when Crowley didn't immediately respond.
1: Yeah, no, I know who you are.
0: Yes, Will. Azirophil stood there, hands folded in front of his medal. A thousand scenarios played across Crowley's mind.
1: I should apologise for the other night. Hell, I should apologise for tonight. Why do I suddenly have so many people to apologise to? I should offer him his money back. I should tell him to fuck off. I should ask him
0: out. The ease of that last thought made color rise in Crowley's cheeks. No, absolutely not. Aziraphale wasn't just a weirdo, he was a weirdo student. Probably unethical, definitely unethical, not happening, off limits. Fuck. What do you want, Aziraphale?
1: Forgive me for saying so, but, well, I have been a professional educator for nearly my entire life. You're clearly a very skilled comedian, but I was wondering if I could be of any use to you in terms of, um, well, planning your curriculum. Curriculum.
0: There was that damn word again.
1: What are you saying, Aziraphale? Crony asked,
0: eyes narrowing, voice lowering. Oh, this felt good and familiar down in his guts, gearing up for something like a fight. He'd show Aziraphale for being foolish enough to trust him. Oh, dear.
1: Tonight was lovely, I assure you. Only, well, only it seems like you ran out of things for us to do.
0: We are scheduled to be here for another hour, you see. Crowley hauled himself out of his chair and rose to his full height. He was only a bit taller than Aziraphale, but he was frustrated and confused and angry, and that counted for something. You think
1: I don't know how long this class lasts? What are you doing?! You think I can't tell the time? What, just because I'm a lowly stand-up comedian, that must mean I'm also a complete idiot. Is that it, Aziraphale?
0: Aziraphale huffed a little, and, to Crowley's surprise, he didn't back down.
1: Yes, you're very intimidating, but the point stands that you need
0: my help. Are you going to accept it or not? Crawley stood there a beat longer, chest nearly heaving, still bearing down on the kind, beautiful man before him. It had been a long time since anyone had exhibited something like faith in Anthony J. Crowley. Yeah, all right. Crowley finally said. It's not like things could possibly get any worse. Oh, oh, they were worse. So much worse. In lieu of any better ideas, Crawley had allowed himself to be dragged back to the Jasmine Cottage. Thankfully, Anathema seemed to have the night off.
1: Well, yeah, she thought she'd be in class for two hours
0: tonight. Crowley reminded himself, self-loathing gnawing at his bones. Do you come here frequently? Azirophil asked. He didn't like silence, Crowley had noticed. Azirophil had found things to chatter on about the entire way here. He was like a nervous little bird creature. Crowley wanted to wrap his hands around those coat covered shoulders and hold him steady. You're okay, I'm sure, is what he couldn't say. "'Because why should anyone, let alone a Aziraphale, believe him?'
1: "'Once or twice,'
0: Crowley muttered, and shoved into his pockets. "'He felt nervous himself as he strode alongside Aziraphale, "'trying hard to put out of mind the rather unangelic fantasies "'he'd allowed himself about the man the night before.
1: "'Yeah, this is weird.' Yeah, well, who would have thought we'd ever see him again? Did you know that Anathema works here? Aziraphale
0: went on as he had the door open for Crowley.
1: I think she's really rather lovely. Lovely. And she's never going to speak to you again. Sure.
0: Crowley watched Aziraphale as he made his way up to the counter to warmly greet the non-anathema. He was fucking peculiar. Yeah, that was the word. He was just so fucking radiant about everything. Crowley had never seen anyone light up like the sun over a gâteau basque before, but there he was, ordering it from non-anathema and shining like a Christmas tree.
1: It's probably old, you know, all stale and stuff,
0: Crowley said about the dessert as they sat down. Why are you like this? Fuck! Oh, I know, As felt sad, fucking wiggling as he sank down into his chair.
1: I feel awfully sad for the end-of-the-day pastries, you know. Everyone should get to be enjoyed.
0: And Zirafel proceeded to daintily collect a bit of the jammy nonsense on his fork before lifting it to his laps. Now, Crowley had been a stand-up comedian for nearly 20 years. He'd even had a bit of a moment in the 90s, if you can call it that, He wasn't worth much, but he prided himself on his ability to observe for the people. To craft the perfect words for whatever they were about, for whatever they were up to. Anthony J. Crowley would have snarled if you'd called him eloquent, but he was good with words. There you are. The noise that came out of Aziraphale's mouth as he tasted the first bite of his dessert was something for which Crowley had no words. It wasn't quite a moan, wasn't quite a gasp, wasn't quite a sigh. It was some holy trinity among the three, and on the one hand, Crowley was horribly embarrassed that Azirophil had made it out loud in public. On the other hand, however, Crowley was more horribly embarrassed for himself to discover that the sound travelled straight to his now very alert prick. Words entirely failed Crowley, and he just sat there and watched, like a creep, as Aziraphale lovingly swallowed that first bite. Crowley remained silent and captivated as the Aziraphale went in for his second and third bites. He finally caught Crowley's eyes, as though nothing at all strange had just happened, and pushed the little plate in his direction. Uh, Would you like a bite? It's really quite marvellous. Crowley shook his head at the offer. He absolutely should have slammed back at least one whiskey before agreeing to do this. Now, Aziraphale clapped his hands on his thighs, drawing Crowley's attention to them. Crowley felt his eyes get a bit wider as he took in the sight of those gorgeous thighs ever so slightly spread apart and filling up Aziraphale's chair. Crowley wondered what they would feel like beneath his fingers. Blissfully unaware of the lust he was provoking, Osiraphale went on. To the matter at hand! Crowley snapped to attention. Right, he responded, feeling terribly stupid and more than a bit ashamed.
1: What have you got, angel? I'm all ears. You gave homework tonight. What
0: do you intend to do with it? Shame crept up the back of Crowley's neck. He didn't want to admit to Zero affair that the whole homework idea had just been him panicking and trying to cover his ass. Crowley wished he could have a bite of that tart now. Anything else to do with his stupid big mouth. Well, uh, uh, well, your observations'll be
1: sort of the building blocks of jokes, right? That was the idea of asking you all what bothers you, anyway.
0: An excellent start, Zeebafir replied kindly. It was almost too much. Crowley was starting to feel twitchy. It was like getting applause before he told a joke. Oh, don't be nice to me,
1: Angel. You don't know what I've done. Um,
0: what is your goal for us? Aziraphale As asked. Were his eyes blue or more grey? Whatever they were, they were currently piercing. He meant business when it came to teaching, this strange angel creature. Uh, There's
1: the showcase for the last class. And what do you hope happens at the showcase? Crowley
0: frowned. He hadn't really hoped that anything would happen at the showcase. He'd agreed to do this class in the first place for the extra money, and then promptly forgotten about it after all. Not really a lot of time in there for hope. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, Crowley admitted, feeling more and more like a fool under Aziraphale's clever gaze. Well, for an example, Aziraphale went on, there was the tiniest hint of gem lingering on the corner of his mouth.
1: My students recently wrote and delivered book reports. My goals were that they enjoyed their experience of reading the book and that they reached a new level in comfort with public speaking in the act of discussing what they'd read.
0: Crawley didn't really know what to say about book reports, so he kept listening. What do you want from us? Aziraphale asked, and it sounded so simple like that. I. Crowley felt the answer forming on his tongue, and he fucking hated it. But he also felt like he couldn't lie to Aziraphale. That it wouldn't matter, even if he tried, because those eyes would see right through him. Yes? Aziraphale prompted. I want to know what you want, Crowley answered, because it was the truth. You all paid good
1: money to have your time wasted by me. How can I make it okay? (laughs) I'd hardly consider it time
0: wasted, my dear. What
1: do you want,
0: Aziraphale? Aziofield's smile stayed put, but there was a hint of sadness behind it now. I think that perhaps I'm the
1: wrong person to ask, Anthony. I'm still not sure. Call me when you figure it out.
0: Crawley winced a little as he remembered his own unkind words from the night before. Aziraphale didn't owe him any answers. None of them did. He owed them his experience and time. That's what they'd signed up for. Fuck. Crowley wanted to crawl out of his skin. Maybe melt into a pile of goo on the floor. Something. Anything. Fuck.
1: Oh, I'm sorry,
0: Aziraphale. No need to apologize, Anthony. Crowley. And there was that pure uh, Aziraphale smile again. Crowley, he repeated softly, as though it was something lovely to say and Crowley didn't think he really deserved the aid of an angel. But fuck, he had it. And look, it's not that he cared, he really didn't, but the memory of Anathema's disappointment was clawing at his lower intestines, and fuck, what would it feel like to get something right finally?
1: how can I... Not fuck up this class, Aziraphale. You need to put some thought into your time management for a start. Consider what your students might already know.
0: Aziraphale patted the corner of his mouth with a napkin and Crowley mourned. I do believe that everyone in that little bunch has some
1: stage experience already, after all. I remember the other four from your show last night. And what about you? Well, uh, I'm a teacher, my dear. It's a little bit like performing. We certainly get our fair share of talkative patrons. There's something else. Uh, "'I may have used to uh, tread the boards a time or two, a long time ago.'
0: Zivafir looked down now at the remainder of his tart.
1: "'Tread the
0: boards? What the devil are you talking
1: about?' Uh, "'Really, Crowley, it's a common expression.' I was an actor once. The classics, primarily. Shakespeare, Ibsen, Chekhov. (laughs) Well, all right, Sir Lawrence Olivier. Then what are you doing in my class? Hardly classical stuff.
0: What are you doing here, Angel? Azirafel swallowed another mouthful of tart and set his fork back down. His fingers drummed a little nervously against his knee as he considered his answer. Uh, I suppose
1: I miss it, being on a stage. Teaching is a little like performing, I suppose, but there's nothing like
0: the thrill of the stage. Why do you give it up? Crowley leaned his chin down atop his interlaced hands. Just couldn't cut it?
1: Why are you like this? Oh, I'll have you know that I was quite good. I had the opportunity once to join the Royal Shakespeare Company, but I... I gave it all
0: up. For the second time in Aziraphale's presence that night... Crowley's jaw dropped. You what? I gave it up, Aziraphale repeated, fingers trembling a bit as he retrieved his fork and plunged it back into his tart. For a moment, they sat in silence, Aziraphale with his tart and his trembling, and Crowley with complete disbelief causing through him. Why? Crowley finally breathed, more quietly than he'd intended. Crowley remembered his one shot at what he really wanted, remembered what he'd given up to get there. For an actor to turn down the RSC... Who are you, angel? Aziraphale seemed suddenly shy, eyes starting nervously between Crowley and the crumbs on his plate.
1: Well, it's an
0: unpredictable life, as I'm sure you know,
1: and teaching is a perfectly respectable profession. The world doesn't need another old white man spouting Shakespeare, Crowley, but my students do need me. They deserve someone who cares, and I do quite a
0: lot, actually. The mention of his students seemed to spark something in his era fear because he suddenly drew a fucking pocket watch out from his fucking waistcoat and flicked his eyes over it. Speaking of my students, I really
1: must get a wiggle on. What? Well, it's getting a bit late, you see, and I have
0: book reports.
1: No, yeah, I got that. It was the get-a-wiggle-on.
0: Zerofield smiled a little, dipping his head in the nervous way he did. Uh, perhaps
1: we could do this again sometime? I do have more pedagogical thoughts for you, if you'd be interested. Curriculum. And now pedagogical. Bugger this entire
0: weekend. But Crowley was interested, so he held out a hand across the table to Aziraphale. The angel looked briefly surprised, and almost as though he didn't know what to do with it. But finally, he took Crowley's hand in his own. His skin was warm and soft, which Crowley pretended not to notice as he shook Aziraphale's hand. Yeah... Yeah, it was worse. Yeah, it was worse. Crowley walked into his dark flat, too stunned to even make a sarcastic remark. What the fuck had just happened? He made his way into his bedroom and sat down on the bed. Let's see. An inventory of the past two days. Step one.
1: Bomb at open mic night. Make a complete fool of yourself. Lose to a bald heckler. Step two. Meet the most beautiful old man in existence. Bite his head off. Step three. Bomb during class. Get anathema to hate you. Step 4. Agree to receive help from a Aziraphale. Step 5. Nearly come in your fucking pants in the middle of a coffee shop just from watching this idiot eat a blackberry tart.
0: Perfect. Everything was going according to plan. And Crowley was hard again. He was, at the thought of beautiful, kind, clever, bonkers Aziraphale, at the memory of those full, pretty lips wrapping so contentedly around that fork, at the thought of that sound he'd made, at the knowledge that Aziraphil was the kind of person who'd given up a life on the stage in favor of helping young people, But his arousal was overshadowed by a pang deep down in his guts, by a desire deeper and more terrifying to admit to himself.
1: Maybe he could be my friend.
0: Crowley stared at his wall for a long minute, challenging himself to exist in that reality. He didn't really have anyone he could call a friend, After all, he had Twitter, and they didn't seem terribly excited about him lately anyway. Crowley sat on his bed, and he felt hopeful and determined, which in turn made him feel a little small and stupid. He did not reach for himself that night, did not bring himself off to the thought of that mouth that tasted of sugar and lemon. No. Anthony J. Crowley coiled himself up in bed with his notebook, and he began to write. He didn't write down any jokes, and he didn't really even write any notes for his upcoming classes, though he knew he should have. No, that night, Anthony J. Crowley wrote a lot about a beautiful creature named Aziraphale, and a little about how. Monday morning. Crowley pushed through the doors to Jasmine Cottage as soon as they opened for the day. He'd set an alarm and everything. Nervous hands shoved into his pockets. He strode straight to the counter before he could talk himself out of it. Anathema folded her arms across her chest and waited.
1: "'Morning, coffee girl!'
0: She tilted her head to one side expectantly. He sighed a beleaguered really sigh. Ah, uh, starshine? She shook her head.
1: Okay, we're really doing this. Good
0: morning, Anathema.
1: What do you want, Crowley?
0: Uh, no. Crowley set his hands down on the counter.
1: No, that's my whole point. He had not slept much. What do you want, Anathema, from my class?
0: Her expression softened. She turned away from him and started fiddling about making a drink as she thought about her answer. The awful anticipation combined with the lack of sleep made Crawley feel a little like he was going to pass out right then and there. When she finally returned her attention to him,
1: "'Crowley, I'm already funny. I'm not worried about that. But I want to get better. I want a safe place to workshop my stuff. I want prompts and ideas, and I want us to come up with jokes altogether. Stand-up is so fucking lonely sometimes.'
0: She paused to snap a lid on top of the to-go cup in front of her.
1: I just want to work on jokes with my friends. She slid the cup to him. Right. I'm sorry none of your friends signed up for my
0: class, then. Tony! Anathema nudged the cup closer to him.
1: Take your fucking mocha and go figure out what we're doing next Sunday, okay?
0: And Crowley felt that familiar urge to fight, to tangle, to be a dick, but he willed himself to shove it down with the promises of friendship and chocolate coffee suddenly before him. Okay. Anathema smiled at him.
1: And thank you for visiting the Jasmine Cottage, sir.
0: You're, uh, you're welcome. Crowley took the mock-out, turned around to walk back out into the daylight. He was going to buy some fucking curtains. To be continued in Chapter 4